You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, here with your break from all of the high-resource file propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey has the night off. Joining me now is the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Lott. What's up, Jamie? How's Plum? it going this evening, sir? Uh, good. What you sipping on? Man, I just popped open. Uh, I figured that uh, I, I would... You know, start a little bit of a different theme. So since we're talking Golden Eagles, I'm sipping some Eagle Rare. Okay. Nice little pivot there uh, and uh, nice brand integration. Yeah, absolutely. You got to you gotta have some correlation. I've, I've, I've still got a couple Lincoln Road picks hiding in the back of the cabinet somewhere, but we've, we've gone through a bunch of them, and it was uh, starting to get a little taxing to find something different in that arena. It's time to bounce around now. There's plenty of open bottles over here. They they cram a lot into that Lincoln Road store, don't they? My goodness, you can't even Man. turn around in there. <laughs> well, I haven't been in a couple of years. Uh, uh, the last time I was down visiting, I did go by and go shopping. Uh, but yeah, every time I I feel like I turn around on Facebook, Jamie's uh, posting uh, the you know seven hundred different things that he brought into the store that week. So I could definitely see the space issues creeping up on him. Well, we definitely have to have a toast tonight because we missed it last week. We it was last week the University of Southern Mississippi turned 111 years old on March the 30th. Uh, they were founded. The Founders' Day is March 30th, and the uh, I guess it's what 1910. So yeah, 111 years ago. Happy birthday, Southern Miss. Happy belated birthday, Southern Miss. We're a week late. Yeah. Here. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Happy birthday, Southern Miss. Uh, big birthday tomorrow. Uh, my wife, Melissa, it's her birthday. So, um, Melissa's finally turning 22. Congratulations, the lovely Melissa. Yeah, she's not quite Founders Day age yet, but you know we're we're working on it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you you robbed the cradle. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you you went in and got a much younger lady, and you know it served you well. Yeah, she's like three months older than me, though. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, no, Jamie, you're not supposed to say that part. Oh, she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's somewhere in the house, and she can hear what you say. Oh, and, you know, before we get to Southern Miss stuff, man, I tell you, you know, I've really, outside of Southern Miss, I really have a hard time watching or following much in college sports. But the NCAA tournament this year has been delightful. And the, and as of this recording, Baylor and Gonzaga are about to square off for the national championship. But uh, the game the other night between Gonzaga and UCLA was incredible. Wild. Wild. I, I, yeah. I text you and Jason as soon as it was over. I was like, please tell me you watched that. Because it, uh, admittedly, uh, basketball out of the big three sports is number three for me. It's just a sport that I never played growing up. I, I played baseball, played football uh, poorly, but I played. And uh, so I, I really, there's nothing, well, the, I'm not going to say there's nothing more fun. That's a big statement. But 
a packed Reed Green Coliseum when Southern Miss has got a good basketball team is one hell of a good time. Uh, say what you want about Donnie Tyndall and his tenure at Southern Miss, but uh, I don't know that I've had more fun at a sporting event than uh, when Tyndall Town was rocking and those teams were going well. Uh, but uh, the basketball tournament has been fun. I've watched more this year than I normally watch. And I want to, uh, I'm, I'm like you, I got to have a connection and Southern Miss is my only real care. I talked about it a little bit the last time we did an episode where I've got some friends up here that are from different schools. So I'll watch their schools play. Still don't really care at the end of the day if they win or lose. I love you boys, but, uh, it's not my team. Exactly. And, yeah, so it'll give me a reason to watch sometimes, but I just don't care. But there's been so many upsets and so many lower seeds going through in this tournament that it's been a good time and it's been entertaining. You've got an underdog to cheer for at least. Uh, didn't end up that way with two number one seeds in the, the tournament, but two two seeds that aren't – well, Gonzaga has – has kind of cemented themselves as a traditional power these days, but they're not, uh, you know, one of the, the bigger traditional schools that are always involved. So it should be an interesting game tonight. Who you got? I, you know, I kind of would like to see, uh, Gonzaga win just because, you know, they haven't and they, they aren't, you know, you wouldn't consider them a power five school, quote, quote unquote. Uh, so I would like to see them, you know, Break, break through that stigma. But, yeah. uh, but you know, B- Baylor's had a, they've had a, they've had a fun program. I mean, they've, they've got a fun year. I just, uh, I, I kind of think Gonzaga's do. Yeah. And, and by the time everybody yeah. listens to this, they will know whether or not yeah. it's an idiotic take or not. But, well, I'll hold off from, from saying what I was going <laughs> to say that. No. Uh, I would also like to see Gonzaga win. I don't have anything against Baylor, uh, per se. But uh, it's Gonzaga is a fun team to watch. They got a bunch of uh, big goofy white boys that are really good at basketball, and uh, that's 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 a rarity to see so many giant mustaches roaming a, a court these days, just looking like dads from church league. But they're really good at basketball. And you know that that game the other night, the ending the other night. I mean, that was that was really outstanding when you. Oh when you, man. The way that it, it went down to the end. And, and, you know, one of the things about Gonzaga, and I know we're totally going off topic from Southern Miss here, but Jalen Suggs that hit that final shot, he's, he's like projected to be a top three pick in the NBA draft this year. I mean, he's a really solid combo guard. And, uh, yeah, he, he banked it, kissed it off the glass there as the buzzer was expiring to get the win in overtime. It was, it was, uh, probably one of the better moments in, March Madness in quite some time. Well, I mean, you go to overtime, and then UCLA's guy there with three seconds left misses his first shot, gets his own rebound, and puts it right back up. You've got 3.3 seconds to get down the court. You inbound the ball. Guy takes off running, jumps, throws up a three, backboard, end of the hoop. Everybody goes nuts. He (laughs) got to live out his dream by jumping on the table and screaming to the crowd. How much fun would that be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But fantastic game. I mean, even for a game that I, I had no uh, horse in the race, it was a lot of fun to watch. And I'm, I've got the – it's pulled up on the screen right now, and I see all the cut, cardboard cutouts and stands. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, I know I mentioned him on the show before, but the dude I used to work with in Phoenix, Joe DiPietro, started that company. And he's been all – I saw him on like – he was on uh, with – 
he was on Fox with Chris Wallace the other day. He's been like on all these news shows this week talking about how all that came about, but he is in Indianapolis right now. I, I, I saw him. He posted a picture on Facebook of him placing the cardboard cutouts in the stands. So, Oh, that's um, cool. You think by how many cardboard cutouts they sold over the last year that he could pay somebody to do that. But yeah, he's like making that money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm happy for him. He's a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. Life, so. But uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to see him get all the play. But so let's talk a little Southern Miss. So we didn't have a show last week uh, for various reasons, but we were back this week. And one of the things we didn't get to talk about last week was the spring football game. I was able to make it out. The game started at 930 in the morning. And you think, OK, 930 spring game. You know, I was thinking, OK, I'll get there. I'll you know, I'll probably have plenty of room to lay down and stretch out if I wanted to. And that was not the case. It was a really, really so one of the more solid spring game crowds. And, and everybody was still distancing and everything else. I and mean, it was a good way it was handled. But it was one of the bigger spring game crowds that we've seen in quite some time. And it wasn't really much of a spring game. It was more of a practice than a normal spring game. And one of the th- what I noticed was there was just a different energy around the program. There was a lot of coaching going on. There was a lot of energy. If the guys were slacking off, they were encouraged to hustle. I mean, hustling wasn't really an option. But there, like I said, there were times during the spring game, quote, where they scrimmaged, but there were other times where they ran drills. And there was always something going on. There was always more than one thing going on except when they were having a scrimmage. So, for example, like during the um, – when they ran the drills, like one side of the field, they'd have seven on seven drills. And then at midfield, they'd have like offensive line versus defensive line. And then when they were doing punt drills, punt return drills, they would have the linemen on the other side of the field doing other. So there was always multiple things going on. And there was a lot of coaching during the scrimmage. I mean, you, you could see the different position coaches spread out and lined up. And there was a lot of coaching going on. And it was a really good response from the players as well. Um, there was no... That's- Go That's ahead. all well and good, but do they have SEC pad level? <laughs> well, that's a damn good question. And I don't – given that uh, Will Hall is younger than me, I doubt they do because you have got to really be – let's just go – in your 90s for that to be a priority at this point. Can I wear um, my Walkman in the locker room? That's what I want to know. We need answers to the burning questions, Jamie. Did the, you know, did, were they wearing uniforms with gold on them? Yes, they were. They had gold <laughs> on the uniform. They wore gold, the gold practice pants, so they did have gold on. Um, <laughs> but they didn't have a – it wasn't a black versus gold spring game. It was pretty much an offense versus defense. So the good thing I liked about that is one of the things that, that kind of bothers me in the spring game setup is basically like a draft. And you'll have like your first string tackle right next to your third string guard next to your second string center. Like it's just a piecemeal on the line. And this gave like the strings an opportunity to pretty much work together. So you had your entire first, you know, given the injuries and people that weren't available to play, you, you had your first string uh, offense against your second string defense and vice versa. And then they mixed it up as the game went along. But you didn't really have like they weren't broken off into teams. You had the the this first string was all together and the second string was all together, which I think is really good when you're trying to, you know, you've got some guys returning on the offensive line, but you're basically, you know, you're still trying to figure out what the combination is going to be there. So uh, I thought that was good. The defense clearly had the better day 
I mean, and that's kind of to be expected at this point. Uh, the, the, especially the first team defense was in the backfield a lot. Dominic Quillen spent a, uh, Quillen spent a lot of time in the backfield. Uh, Zach Porklock had a really good day. He had a monster hit on D Baker, um, coming out of the backfield. And one guy that I was impressed with was, uh, Jay Stanley, the transfer from Mississippi Oxford, who just, he had a nice size, nice build and nice athleticism to him there, um, in the secondary. On the offensive side, Trey Lowe, clearly the number one right now at quarterback. The only uh, real, uh, the only touchdown reception during the actual scrimmage portion of practice, Lowe hit Jason Brownlee for a 20-yard touchdown. Uh, T. Webb was the number two quarterback. Jake Lang, the walk-on from Jackson Prep, was the third string. Gore Jr. was the number one at running back, and then the Darius Mayberry and Tavius Willis uh, were backing him up. Mayberry had a two-yard touchdown run during scrimmage. Uh, T. Webb, like I said, the number two, nice size on T. Webb. One thing that kind of concerned me a little bit about him is he kind of has a slingshot throwing motion. He kind of pulls it down and pulls it back, kind of like Doug Flutie did back in the day. And I don't know if that's something that's coachable or something you can fix as far as mechanics goes. You know, I guess when you get to a certain point, you have your mechanics down. It's tough to really make too many changes. But um, that kind of I don't know how that will factor in as far as his development goes. A decent day for him, all in all. Um, he actually hit, during the 7-7 drills, he hit uh, Luke Baker for a touchdown in the end zone. And Luke Baker, this was the play of the day in my mind, a one-handed touchdown catch by Luke Baker uh, during the 7-7 drills. So uh, saw a picture of that. That was a, a crazy snag. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great, a great play by him, and he's somebody that kind of got banged up last year. And uh, it's going to be good to have him back as a weapon on the offense. You know, you still have some concerns about depth in certain positions. You know, there were there were several notable players out, especially on defense: Wazy Bozeman, Taj Sykes, Raheem Booth, Hayes Maples, um, among others. So, you know, spring is always just kind of an indication of where you're at, but it's really not a definitely. It doesn't really like give you the, the definite answer of where the team is at. Um, but I was very encouraged, especially from an energy, an effort, and a, a coaching standpoint. It was it was really good. And hey, our guy uh, Lance, the uh, strength conditioning coach, man, he was fired up out there, leading them through drills and warm ups. So that was it was really good to see. But I think it, it, there were a lot of people at the spring game. I think there's a lot of of uh, cause for optimism, leaving the spring, heading into the summer. And I, I'm 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 excited to see what what Will Hall brings to the table this fall. Well, Bump's not here tonight to to try to throw the negative energy into this, so I'm going to carry on. I'm excited, too. And I, look, uh, I mean, you, you're talking about how good of a crowd there was at the spring game. Hattiesburg is hungry to support a winner. Anytime one of our programs do good, the arena is packed, whether it be basketball, baseball, or football. Uh, it's just unfortunately been a little while since the, the Southern Miss teams of old have have shown their face in the rock. We haven't been that great the, the last little while, but if we start winning some football games, that place is going to be a whole lot of fun. Absolutely. And people, you know, and two, another thing you had to factor into, you have all the Will Hall uh, hype and energy going on with that. But, you know, right now with COVID, people are just hungry to get out sometimes and, uh, you know, see something live. I mean, a lot of people missed out on football last year. So I'm not saying that had, everything to do with everything this year, but um, maybe a combination Look, of, of go ahead. 
I, I just want to say that it, it's been a better place with a lot of you crazy people locked up in your house. To tell you the <laughs> truth, if if you just stay home, uh, traffic's been better. Uh, the lines at the grocery store aren't as long. Um, takeout's pretty good to pick up quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm, you guys have been doing fine. Just stay home a little longer. <laughs> so we talked about the spring game. We talked about spring football. Let's talk a little baseball. We missed the weekend before, which was really a big, big week for Southern Miss. I'm just going to touch on that real quick. The Golden Eagles uh, won two games out of the five, defeating Alabama once 5-4, to four, defeating Louisiana Tech once uh, by a final score of 14-6, to six, and then losing to Louisiana Tech the other three times, 2-3, to 0-4, to and 7-8. to eight. Two of those games against Tech that we lost, we very easily could have won. So you're looking at a, a series where Tech won three to one, but it could have been two to two, or it could have been three to one in the other direction. It was a really, really, it was a battle all weekend yeah. between the Golden Eagles and the Bulldogs. Uh, Southern Miss has got a very young team, very young and very inexperienced team this year too. And this is a situation where I think where Tech's, you know, age and, and leadership showed up. That's we've we've kind of been on the other end of that that stick for the last three, four seasons where we've had some veteran ball clubs with a, a lot of older players uh, that could provide some leadership. And, and this year, those guys are, are few and far between. I mean, Gabe Montenegro has been there for a long time and, and uh, his bat starting to warm up and, and he can definitely uh, be a leader to, to get the bats going really well on this team. But uh, uh, that series, I think really showed with two close losses at home when we don't lose a lot of games at Pete Taylor Park. Uh, I think it, that, I think that was the difference is Tech's veteran leadership is, is, uh, this may be their year and we're going to have to go into Ruston and take it from them since we slipped up at home. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to this weekend. Southern Miss hosting. Well, no, I'm sorry. They were on the road at UTSA. And so this is our, um, biannual, uh, rant about UTSA's <laughs> baseball facilities every other year. We got to talk about the disaster of the field they have there and the facilities they put together. John Cox is in the stands with a rickety table and, and, and a, a tailgate a, tent, a tailgate tent and a rector set sitting on an erector set. Yeah. So look, I don't want to pile on the UTSA. I'm sure they're not thrilled that they play in a, stadium that's crappier than the little league stadium I grew up playing in 30 years ago, but it's embarrassing that you don't have facilities for your visiting teams broadcast. Um, I don't know. You're in Texas. You got some handy rednecks around there. Get somebody with some wood and throw up an extra section of that concession stand on stilts. You got up there as a press box and get my man Wad somewhere to sit. He's sitting out in the rain for the love of God. Like, literally, you had a tailgate tent for him. Get your stuff together. This is D1 baseball. That's pathetic. So this weekend, Southern Miss uh, got the uh, they get the sweep. All three games, game four was canceled. But the, the first game was Thursday night, April the 1st. Southern Miss winning 9-1. to Hunter Stanley got the win. Uh, now he's 4-1 on the season, allowing only one run over seven, seven innings, he's really come out and shown himself to be a solid Friday night slash Thursday night starter. 
Yeah, Friday night, Thursday night. These four conference games has got me messed up, man. That's a lot of baseball in one weekend. I feel like I just lived with one headphone over my ear all weekend long. Uh, I may have a bruise from it on the other side of my head where I had to kick it off to the side. Uh, the games start to blend together at a certain point in time. Uh, but one thing that we know we're going to get for sure is strong starting pitching. Most definitely. And that takes us to Friday, game one Friday. Southern Miss defeating the Roadrunners by a final score of 13 to 9. The Golden Eagles racked up 19 hits in the game, hit a season high five home runs, the most since 2018. One of those home runs was a three run homer in the 10th to break the tie and ultimately give the Golden Eagles the win. That was Will McGillis with the three-run homer in the 10th to break it open. Ryan Ott got the win in relief, improving his record to 3-0 and on the season. So the Golden Eagles in uh, was supposed to be a seven-inning game, ends up going 10 in game one, but they get the victory. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel like it may have been strategy because we had a four-run lead there in the seventh, and we were like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and make them run through a bunch more pitching. We got plenty. Let's uh, let's give them four runs here. Uh, about made me have a heart attack, but yeah, it all kind of came apart there. And yeah, worked out well. Yeah, I mean, a normally very reliable bullpen came in and just was was very shaky. Uh, fortunately, that was kind of the only period over the weekend where that reared its head, and and we got right back into it and got the job done. Uh, but that, that was a, a scary little point in time there for a couple of innings. Then the second game on Friday, Southern Miss defeats UTSA by a final score of 11-5. to D- Dustin Dickerson with a three-run triple in the second to get the Golden Eagles going. Ben Etheridge gets the W to improve to 2-0 and on the season. And because of the rainout on Saturday, as we mentioned, the Golden Eagles get the three-game sweep. So... First uh, conference sweep of the year. Uh, it's going to be tough with four games in most of these series instead of three. But Southern Miss now 17 and nine on the season, four and three in Conference USA as of this recording. Warren Nolan has our, our RPI sitting at 22, so a big leap over the past week where we, I believe we were in the 50s. Um, we made a pretty healthy jump there. Um, and we made a pretty healthy jump the week before, but it kind of went back down a little bit with losing three of the games to Tech. Um, but defeating Alabama and Tech, you know, kind of bumped us up there a little bit. So, well, if you're gonna drop some games uh, to well, like number sixteen to nineteen, depending on what poll you're looking at in the country's not a terrible team to do it to. And uh, I mean, besides Tech looking good, uh, we're right on the cusp of the the top twenty five. Uh, Old Dominions and some top 30 votes. Uh, Florida Atlantic doesn't have a bad squad this year. Conference USA Baseball is not looking bad. No, not at all. It's going to be interesting to see how it how it shakes out come tournament time. So speaking of tournament time, this was a tweet today from Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball. He's one of the authorities on college baseball. A, a great follow if you are interested in college baseball. So this is his tweet. Breaking. The NCAA will have predetermined regional and super regional sites in this year's tournament, sources tell D1 Baseball. The sites for both rounds will be announced on the week of May the 10th, and bids may be submitted. Bids must be submitted by April the 12th. So, 
uh, I guess that means the NCAA is going to go ahead and choose their regional and super regional sites prior to the conference tournament, which is a very interesting choice. And I don't really understand it. I mean, I know that. What do you think? Well, uh, he he tweeted a little bit more information out, too. And their their logic for handling it like this is they need three weeks to OK a site for protocol and everything with COVID stuff still going on. And the, with the traditional selection uh, time frame, that just wasn't going to work. Uh, they did say that uh, merit for the teams at the time of selection still would be considered They're They're just not going to blindly pick sites. They're going to do the best they can to, to match it up to the teams that they feel like are, are you know, should be host when the season ends. They're just going to have to make that guess uh, a few weeks early this year. Okay. Well, that's a little more information. I, I, it's still, you know, it's still, and I totally get that you have the protocols and everything, but I don't know. It feels like there's a better way to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, you know, they should ask uh, Conference USA's leadership what they think about it. Um, <laughs> maybe gonna, a big curtain and a power wheels will be involved. Who yeah, knows? we can we can move over from the little star to the big star and just put a big tarp down the middle and um, we'll do it. Somebody, intra- we'll do it intramural style. We'll have two people playing on the same field. The balls will kind of get mixed up, but that's just part of it. You just have to deal yeah, with it. use balls from different sports. Somebody wake up, Judy. We need her help. <laughs> So uh, that's a, an interesting tidbit of information. I don't know that it will affect the Golden Eagles too much as far as our opportunity to host. It's going to be kind of a reach at this point, I think. But you never know. Maybe we can uh, we can uh, get in the mix by May the 10th. Um, so we'll see what happens. Basketball. So Ford DeAndre Pinckney was honored at, by Conference USA as part of its Spirit of Service Winter Edition. A couple of things that he did, he, he virtually read to the students at Purvis Elementary, and he helped out with extra table in bagging a couple of uh, thousand pounds of rice, if I'm not mistaken. So, that's a lot uh, of rice. That's a lot of rice. So uh, kudos to DeAndre Pinckney for uh, putting in the effort. I think I think at his graduation uh, before, I think it, there was something in the press release that he had like 500 hours of community service or something like that, which is incredible. Um, yeah, seems seems like a super nice dude. Heck of a basketball player. Glad glad he's a Southern Miss Eagle. Absolutely. And then uh, Denaje Harris has entered the transfer portal as well in Southern Miss basketball. There are a lot of players in the in the transfer portal this year, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, Denaje is uh, entering the portal. We'll we'll see what happens from there. And also, best of luck to him. Yeah, best of luck to him. Fun fact too: uh, former Golden Eagle who transferred to Tulane, Gabe Watson, is also back in the portal. So we will see what happens with Gabe. Hmm. Shane, do you, you, you've got the, the lowdown on the rest of the sports going on this week. Why don't you give us an update? Man, not only do I have an update on the rest of the sports for this week, but since we missed last week, I had notes prepared. Uh, and the reason that I didn't get to play last week, uh, I had a pipe burst under my house. So I was, I was prepared and ready to roll and I ended up having to play plumber. Uh, I would have much rather been talking about Southern Miss stuff, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch, uh, basically on the last two weeks. I've got a little bit more information on this week since it's fresh, but uh, we'll tell you about, uh, what, uh, what happened since the last time we talked to you. Uh, so bear with me. I've got, 
got a lot of notes here. If you hear papers slipping, I apologize. This is not a memorized set. Uh, track season. We're going to start with them because a lot's been going on with track. Uh, they started the outdoor season up at uh, Mississippi Starkville last weekend. Uh, that was the first outdoor meet for the track team in 699 days. Wow. That's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the stat uh, was was a little Easter egg in an article that I was reading about it. Um, let's let's run through some of the stuff that happened there. Uh, keep your eyes this year on our two guys we got uh, in the high jump, uh, Corvell Todd and, and Eric Richards. Uh, you'll remember that. Uh, let's see. I was, I was trying to flash back here. I th- was it Corvell Todd? I believe Eric Richards didn't participate in the indoor season. Or do I have that backwards? Was it Corvell Todd that uh, went to nationals in uh, in high jump? Honestly, I can't remember. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. That I feel like uh, it is. It is Corvell Todd. I, I apologize there. I, I should have had that more handy. But yeah, uh, you know, so joining. Uh, Corville Todd, who, who really shone out in the indoor season this year is Eric Richards right there with him, placing first and second up at Mississippi State last weekend. Uh, then the four by 200 relay, uh, broke a school record by over a second and winning theirs. Uh, that's Elijah Miller, DJ Butler, Trey Johnson, and Cardet. Oh man. I'm going to say Bienvenue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to go with that. Bienvenue. Um, Landon Shalden, third place in the 400-meter hurdles. And then on the ladies' side, uh, Markasha Myers, second place in the triple jump with a new personal record. And the uh, the 4 by 100 relay of Jasmine Burns, Trin- Trinity Hagler, uh, Savia Varnell, and Trinity Benson uh, won the 4 by 100 relay. So that gets us caught up to the action for this week. Uh, the Eagles hosted – the Southern Miss Invitational this past weekend, uh, out of, uh, the, the weekend, the, the Eagles were quite successful. 13 gold medals overall, 30 top three finishers. Uh, so on the men's side, uh, you've got Trey Johnson, uh, won the 400 meter with a time of 46, uh, 46.31 seconds. He's now ranked 14th nationally in the 400 meter after winning that event. Uh, our, our guys in the high jump, uh, both showed out again with first and second place finishes, but we flipped them this time. Uh, Eric Richards won this week. Corvell Todd got second place. Uh, also first place finishers, uh, Elijah Miller in the hundred meter. Uh, he won with a time of 10.67 seconds and then Cardet Bienvenue, uh, was in third place behind him. Uh, Landon Chaldon in the 400 meter hurdles won that one. The four by 400 relay, uh, won this weekend's meet as well. So they're really off to a great start as well. Uh, second place in the javelin was Trevor Linestock. Uh, also had Tyler Pridgen in the third place in the javelin. Uh, and then Bethel Miles, third place in the discus. Lance Williams, third place in the long jump. And PJ Edwards, third place in the triple jump. On the women's side, uh, Sevia Varnell won the 100 meter. Trinity Benson placed second. Trinity Flagler placed third. So the women took all three top spots in the 100 meter. Uh, Savannah McMillan won the 800. 
Uh, Kate Maddox won the 1,500-meter event. The Eagles also took the top three spots in that race with Sarah Parnell placing second and Teresa Hardo placing third. Uh, Isabella Simonelli won the hammer throw. Patricia Johnson won the long jump. And then Ashley Osaji placed third in the long jump behind her. Uh, the ladies four by 100 relay team of Burns, Flagler, Varnell, and Benson place first place. The ladies four by 400 relay team place first, and that's Griffin, Osaji, Varnell, and Benson. Uh, second place in the discus went to Isabella Simonelli, and third place in the 400 meter hurdles went to Tatiana Jennings. Uh, so yeah, lots of eagles placing. Uh, in the last two weekends, strong start to the Golden Eagle track season. Next up is the April 9th and 10th at the Crimson Tide Invitational in Tuscaloosa. All right, let's back up because that was like two and a half pages of notes just on track. <laughs> Beautiful. Me, well done. Yeah, let, let me get a sip of whiskey here. Wet the whistle. Uh, beach volleyball had a busy week in Hattiesburg hosting uh, a couple of different days of meets. Uh, last week on Monday, the 29th of March, the ladies hosted UNO, Spring Hill, and southeastern Louisiana. Uh, they beat UNO four to one, fell to Spring Hill three to two, and then beat Southeast four to oh to go two and one last week. So this week, they also hosted some matches in Hattiesburg. It was Friday and Saturday, uh, the second and third on Friday. They hosted ULM, uh, won that three to two and then turned around and fell to Spring Hill two to three. And then Saturday fell four to, one to four to UAB and then one to four as well to two lanes. So the beach volleyball team currently stands seven and 16 overall. 0-8 in Conference USA play. Uh, next up this weekend, the 9th and 10th, Friday and Saturday, they're at the Georgia State Invitational. They'll play Georgia State on Friday and then South Carolina, and then on Saturday they're slated to play UAB. Uh, while we've been gone on the week hiatus, the indoor volleyball team closed out their season. Unfortunately, the ladies did not qualify for the Conference USA tournament that's hosted in their new building on campus. Uh, we, we lost a couple of seniors, uh, that were really strong, solid players over the last few years for Southern Miss volleyball. Uh, you got Madison Lawler and Piper Matsumoto. Uh, we're, we're both two key pieces of that indoor volleyball team that will definitely be missed. I know Lawler plays on the outdoor team, so she's still got a little bit of action in her. I'm not sure if Piper does or not. I haven't seen that name in stats for outdoor beach volleyball, so I'm not sure. But the, the indoor volleyball lady season is finished. They did, uh, fall in, Two different games at UTEP last week, Friday and Saturday, uh, zero to three, uh, both matches. So let's see here. That covers track. That covers volleyball. Men's and women's, men's and women's tennis, uh, have not been in action. Uh, they well actually, I take that back. They have not been in as much action as they were originally scheduled to be in. There's been a lot of, uh, cancellations and postponements. Both of the men's matches last week were postponed. 
that was supposed to be against Nichols and against Loyola of Louisiana uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, no, not Friday and Saturday, Wednesday and Saturday, and, and both of those matches were postponed. They did play yesterday at Alabama State. They did win those matches 4-0. to zero. And that moves the men's tennis team to six and one, one and zero oh overall. And uh, their next match is Sunday, the 11th, versus South Alabama in Hattiesburg. Uh, the women had very similar situation with postponements and cancellations. They were supposed to play Wednesday at Nichols, and then Saturday versus Loyola, Louisiana. Both of uh, the Nichols was postponed, the Loyola was canceled, uh, and then they were supposed to play Alcorn on. Uh, Friday, and that was canceled as well. They were actually playing Southeast Louisiana earlier today, uh, but I have not seen any updated stats for that, so I don't have results. We'll get that to you next time. Uh, next up for the ladies tennis team is Saturday the 17th, so they actually have a week off at UNO. Uh, moving from tennis into golf, the men's golf team last week uh, didn't have a great time uh, up at the old Waverly Collegiate uh, hosted by Mississippi State. They finished 14th out of 14 teams. Uh, our best finisher was tied for 22nd. That was Bryce Wilkinson. Uh, they are currently playing in the Mizzou Tiger Invitational. That's today and tomorrow. Uh, so again, next time we'll, we'll let you know how the boys are doing, uh, up in Missouri. Uh, and then the next games they have or next matches they after that are the West Virginia Mountaineer invite up in West Virginia, the April 12th and 13th. So that'll be next Monday and Tuesday. It looks like the men are playing Monday, Tuesday matches. Uh, women's golf, uh, did not play last week. They, uh, are in the Cardinal Challenge for Lamar University at Beaumont Country Club in Beaumont, Texas. They're actually in second place after day one. Uh, so ladies are, are playing strong out there in Texas. Good luck to them. Hopefully tomorrow they can uh, nail that thing down and, and get a win. Uh, after this uh, tournament out at Lamar, the next time the Lady Eagles play will be uh, closer to the end of this month, the 18th through the 21st at the Conference USA Championships at Lake Jovita Golf and Country Club in beautiful Dade City, Florida. Jamie, tell them what they've won. Uh, a trip to Dade City, Florida. All right. Yeah, let's get your shots. Get your shots. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Did, did I, do you have more? Uh, the only things I have left is softball action and then uh, beach volleyball from this past weekend. And then uh, that'll cover the wild world of Southern Miss Athletics. Yeah, we'll roll with it. All right, softball. Uh, the ladies last week were supposed to play Ole Miss in Oxford on Wednesday. That game was or supposed to play the Ole Miss in Hattiesburg, actually. That game was moved to Oxford because of uh, weather expected in the Hattiesburg area. Ladies ended up falling 1-4 to four to Ole Miss. Uh, turned around and this past Wednesday uh, played Mississippi State in Hattiesburg. Unfortunately, fell 1-2 to two to the Bulldogs in nine innings. Uh, tough, tough uh, loss. We really played some, some strong softball. Pitching really showed out, unfortunately. The uh, Bulldogs were able to to hit a double late in the game that that stole that one from us. Um, and then 
this past weekend, they played at UTEP, uh, splitting that series. Uh, they lost the first game four to seven on Friday, won the second game 10 to one, turned around on Saturday, won the first game nine to three, lost the second game five to eight. So the softball team currently stands at 20 and 14 and two and two in Conference USA action. Next up at U, or verse UTSA, I'm sorry, in Hattiesburg games will be two games on Saturday, 10 and one o'clock and two on Sunday at noon and two. So make your way over to to the softball complex and support the Lady Eagles in some early season Conference USA action. Last but not least, we touched on the first set of games that uh, Beach Volleyball hosted, and since that was at the beginning of my notes, and the second set of games is at the end, we're just now getting to that. Uh, Friday and Saturday, they hosted some more matches in Hattiesburg. Friday, uh, there in the sand, the ladies beat Louisiana Monroe three to two fell in the next set of, of matches uh, to Spring Hill two to three. And then Saturday fell to UAB one to four and then to Tulane one to four. Uh, beach volleyball currently sits at seven and 16 and zero and eight overall in Conference USA. Uh, or 0 and 8 in Conference USA, not overall in Conference USA. Next up, they, uh, I already talked about the Georgia State Invitational. All right. Yeah, man. That, that covers yeah, it. I think, was, I don't think I left anybody out. No, yeah, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Uh, so Southern Miss just tweeted a photo. So this is from the NCAA championship game, which by the way, Gonzaga down by 17 right now. What? Nine minutes left to go in the first. Yeah, they, uh, Suggs, their, their, their point guard got, uh, in foul trouble early and they had to sit him down. And Baylor's kind of just been hitting everything. So Baylor's up, oh, wow. uh, Baylor's up 29 to 12 with 907 left in the first half as of us talking on this recording. But so Southern Miss tweeted this out and you know, the fan cutouts I was talking about earlier. We have four of them in the stands. Two of them are Seymour. One is Joy Lee McNellis and one is Jay Ladner. So I like it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So shout out to uh well, what Seymour though? Uh it's two Seam it's one is Seymour in a gold football jersey and Seymour in a black football jersey. Seymour from this well, I mean, year. This year? Okay. Yeah, this is this year Seymour. There's two of them. Did the university put those cutouts up or did somebody just happen to do those cutouts? I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting choice with two Seymour sitting next to each other. But One's in black, one's in gold. Though. One's in black, one's in gold. Yeah, exactly. That's that sounds like something that the marketing department came up with. Let's see. There's some other people sitting around them, but I can't tell who any of them are. Uh, there's a Colts player. There is a somebody that. Uh, yeah, I don't know who any of these people are. But they're 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 there. They're there in uh in cardboard. So. <laughs> Uh, they're there. Let's see. Yeah. Still down by 17. Well, I think we've pretty much covered everything for the week. Do you, do you have any shout outs, Shane, for this week? Yeah, I actually do have a shout out. I noticed earlier today a, a mutual friend of ours uh, got a big promotion down in the New Orleans area. Uh, Marcus still cares about Southern Miss sports. You know, he, he didn't really care that much back in the day. Uh, anyway, he just kind of hung around. But <laughs> Marcus Creel. Uh, congratulations. Uh, he was named the director of Com- communications and government affairs for Orleans Paris communication district today. So, uh, congratulations on your pr- promotion, buddy. Uh, Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, let's give a shout out to uh, Tyler Cochran as well. He, he, you know, got his start here as a marketing, um, in, intern. Then he was, a uh, development graduate assistant and he just was hired on to work ticket sales, ticket sales account, account executive at Southern Miss. So shout out to, uh, Tyler Cochran, big golden eagle. Cool. Hope we win a lot of games and make your job very easy, Tyler. It, yeah, me too. How was, you think about some of the, I mean, you know, I've worked for some teams and it was, you know, sometimes it was harder than others. Like you work for, when I worked for the Arizona Coyotes, it was tough to sell tickets. But then you look at like the Saints where there's like a waiting list, you know, and I know they're kind of, they have their work cut out with their, their, um, with the Pelicans sometimes, but goodness, I mean, you, you, sometimes how good of a salesman you are depends on the situation that you're put into. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Both of you, you, both of us have done sales for for a living, and uh, sometimes you know you're just stuck in a rock and a hard place. If uh, if you're the only man out there fighting the good fight, and the rest of the team's not backing you up, it's uh, it's tough to get the job done. And uh, if if our teams aren't winning games, then I, I imagine it's much harder to sell tickets than when it's the best show in town. So uh, we all want the Eagles to win games. I want his job to be super easy. Likewise, likewise. Well, Shane, thanks for joining me. We'll yeah, see. Man. Let's, hopefully they uh, they let Bump listen to this in jail. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my other shout-out is, is uh, free Bump. Free, free bump. bump. Free Bump. Save Ferris. Save, uh, <laughs> save Bump. Bump, by the way, is uh, he was uh, – what do you call it? He was uh, initiated this weekend. Uh, he was uh, he went through confirmation. He's Catholic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't either. It's not initiated. At least not that I'm aware of. So. Um, yeah, I, I think he knocked out Catholicism this year. I think he was going to aim for Islam in two to three more <laughs> years, and then maybe ch- uh, do a little lap or two with Hinduism. So, I mean, good luck with your journey, buddy. I hope it goes well. Um, all right. Well, Shane, enjoyed it, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.